0: If you listened to the last episode, we deep dived on signs and characteristics of a people pleaser. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I highly recommend starting there. But if you know you are a people pleaser and it's something you want to change or something you want to work on, you're in the right place. I'm excited to share with you the things that I'm doing right now to help me with this. And I hope that it helps one of you as well. Are you ready to make a change in your life but not sure where to start? Welcome to Moms on the Rise, where we believe that as moms and as women, we can choose to create a life we love. I'm Camille Beckstrand, a mindset coach and fellow mom on this journey of rising up in all areas of our lives. So join me and let's rise together. Welcome back to Moms on the Rise. We're going to continue this discussion on people-pleasing. And so, as I mentioned in the last episode, there's nothing wrong with being nice or being kind to someone. In fact, I really believe that the world could use more nice people, and there are some really good qualities and people pleasers. But here's what I've learned. You can still be a kind and thoughtful person without giving up your own happiness and your own well-being and your own mental health. There is a way to show up for others and still show up for yourself before it causes you to break causes you to completely burn out. And so we are going to spend the next few episodes just kind of talking about this idea of how to stop being a people pleaser and how to start doing that work on yourself. And so something that I firmly believe and something that I'm going to focus on for these next few episodes, just be trying to help you understand that you have to take care of yourself before you can take care of everyone else. And many times people pleasers skip that step. And that's what leads them to harder situations down the road. And I don't even know why I'm saying them because it's me. That's what leads me to harder situations down the road. This is something that I have struggled with for a long time. And I have found that I was taking care of everyone else and their needs and their thoughts. And before I was taking care of me. So today, our topic of focus is going to be about being true to you and your values. And this is one of the ways that will help you to stop being a people pleaser. And so we talked about this a little bit in the last episode, that so many times it's just easier to go with the flow or when we are put on the spot and we're asked to do something, it's just easier to say, sure, I'll do it. Even if it makes us feel uncomfortable or even if we don't have the capacity to take it on or even if we don't want to do it. And so, I want you to just think about this idea of being true to you and what it is that you need and what it is that you want. And I promise you, as a people pleaser, this will be tricky because a lot of times we don't know what we want because we just go with what everybody else wants to keep the peace. And many times we'll say, I find myself saying this all the time I'm good with whatever, like it's fine, whatever you want to do. And sometimes that's okay. That's really agreeable, right? What about those times where you know what you want, but you just don't say it? I think that in order to be true to yourself, you have to define what it is that you want, what it is that's important to you, what your core values are. And I'm not meaning like, what are your friend's core values? What are your company's core values? What are your church's core values? No, what are your core values? And so why is it so important to know what it is that you value? what it is that is a priority to you. And this is what I know. Understanding what truly matters to you can provide a compass when it comes to decision-making. And it just makes it that much easier to say no to things that don't align with those values. So here are some ideas of what these values could look like. Maybe one of the values you have is about your family, both your immediate and your extended family. Another one could be your personal health and well-being because you have to take care of you. And that's what so many episodes of this podcast are about because that's the foundation of so many different things. Another one could be your work-life balance and knowing what that means to you. Another one is your social life and relationships, maybe outside of your family. Another value could be your inner peace or even your spiritual well-being. This could be your connection to God or another higher power, whatever that looks like for you. There are so many things that could be a value in your life, but hopefully just this little list gives you some ideas. Now, it's one thing to tell you what these values could be, but I am all about the real life application. I want to break down what these values could look like in different situations you might deal with as a person, as a people pleaser, as a mom, all of the above. Okay, so let's dive in. So the first example would be the value of family or maybe family connection. And so here's the scenario. I have a really good friend who is completely stressed out. She is a mom of four like me. She's a wife. She also has a part-time job. And then her husband travels a lot for his job. So she is alone a lot of times. She has a lot on her plate. But here's the thing. She often agrees to host these big family gatherings with all her extended family, even if she's feeling overwhelmed with other things going on and with her kids and her job. And these gatherings were causing her so much stress. It seemed like a really good thing to gather together as a family and spend that time together with all her extended family, with her siblings and her parents and cousins and aunts and uncles. And... But the thing was they were happening so often. And these gatherings were taking a huge toll on my friend. And so what did she really value when it came to family? And as we talked through this, she realized that the reason she always said yes, the reason she was hosting these family gatherings is because her goal was to foster strong family connections. That was what she valued were those connections. And so is there another way to make a connection without a big gathering? Definitely. And those were some of the things that we talked through. And so here's what changed. Knowing that what it was she valued was the strong family connection. She really started to prioritize quality time with just her immediate family, with just her kids and her spouse. And she was finding different ways to connect as a little family that just aligned better with her energy levels and her schedule instead of always hosting these big gatherings that she felt like she had to host in order for her and her kids and her family to make connections. Now, those big gatherings still happen in her family, but she just doesn't feel the pressure to always host or to even always attend because what she values most is the connection with her kids and her spouse. Her immediate family, she realized something that she valued more than even her extended family. And that became her focus. So do you see how that worked? Like knowing what she truly valued made it easier to make decisions. It made it easier for her to say no, even though it was still hard. But she knew the driving force, what it was she really wanted behind that decision. And yeah, it was really uncomfortable in the moment. And it was really uncomfortable the first few times she said no. But the relief that she felt After not having to plan a huge gathering, it was huge. Her stress went down so much. So let me share another one. Okay, so this could be an example of the value of personal health or well-being. So here's the scenario. A couple of years ago, I had a group of friends that would always invite me to come to this intense group workout class. And even though the season of my life that I was in, I was so exhausted, And actually this type of workout really hurts my knees. I have bad knees, even for somebody who's my age, like pretty bad knees. And it was a workout that caused me actually a lot of pain after, and I was sore for days, but I had this fear of missing out or fear that my friends wouldn't invite me to anything if I didn't go to this workout class with them. So no matter how tired I was or how bad my knees hurt after, I would just go. I would go because I thought, They want me to be there and I should probably be there. So what did I really value when it came to personal health? One day I came home and I was complaining to Jared a little bit and he just looked me in the eye and he was like, why do you go? Why do you put yourself through that when you are already tired and it hurts? And it was this moment of realization that there are other ways I can work out and there are other ways that I can hang out with those friends. What I valued was exercise. What I valued was moving my body, but in a way that didn't hurt. And I just started to look at exercise differently and thought, it's time for me to take care of me. And so this is what changed. The next time that my friends invited me to come with them, I was just honest with them. I told them, I love being with you guys, but the time of that class was hard for me. They either had a class in the evening when I was so tired, or they had a class so early in the morning that it was, So hard for me to get out of bed because I was exhausted. And then I just told them, and also this workout is just too hard for my knees. I need something that's just a little bit more gentle for my body. And then I told them I would still love to get together with them, but maybe just not for this workout class. And so they would go to this workout class still, and I knew they were still going, but I started finding workouts that I did like. I like to walk. I like low intensity strength training. I like list workouts that I can do at home on my own time, still get enough sleep. And so I just started choosing exercise routines that were more enjoyable for me and that were on my timetable, which made really positive connections in my head to exercise. And overall, getting rid of that additional stress of going to something I didn't really want to go to and having knee pain after, I just, I felt so much better. And yeah, I don't see those friends as often as I wish I did, but That's on me a little bit too. Like I can text them anytime. I can invite them to go on walks with me or do something else together as friends. But I also love, I'm not going to that workout class out of obligation or out of pressure. I actually showed up for me and it feels so good. Okay, the next example of a core value and what it would look like, this would be like an example of a work-life balance. And so I've been coaching a woman that has a job as a virtual assistant, meaning that she works from home for somebody else and all the work that she does is online, which is such a cool job to have. She's paid a set amount of money for a set amount of hours, but she loves her boss and she loves her job and she wants to please her employer. So she is constantly saying yes to work-related tasks that are outside of her set hours. She just kind of has this blurred boundary between work and personal life because she doesn't have those hard stops. And she wants her boss to like her. And that was really important to her, but she also wants to be a good mom and be present for her kids and have a life outside of work, right? Don't we all want that? And so as we talked about this and what is it that you really value? And we talked about how much she desires to have that healthy work-life balance, both for her own happiness and her own sanity and her family life, but also for her stress levels. And so she had to see that one of her core values was not do all the things so that my boss likes me. She was in that mindset of, if I don't do this, my boss won't like me. But whether her boss likes her or not, that's not up to her. Her boss is going to choose if she likes her or not, like regardless. And so this lady that I was coaching, she had to decide who she is and what is important to her, and then stick with it as she moves forward with those decisions. And so here's what changed. When her boss asked her the next time to do some extra work or to do some things outside of her set time limits, she just would tell her, I would be really happy to do that. My time today, my work time today ends at 3 p.m., but I'll do it first thing tomorrow morning. And so this lady I was coaching, she does value being a good employee and doing what she says she will do, but not at the expense of her family and her personal time. And what I love about that is that she can communicate those limits and it can come from a place of, I will still do that work. You can count on me to get it done, but it won't be at the expense of spending time with my family. And I just think that's such a great boundary to set. And we're actually going to talk a little bit more about boundaries in an upcoming episode, but By her communicating those limits and making sure that her work commitments don't take away time from those other things in her life that are important, she just feels so much more balanced and feels so much more happy. The next example of a value that I want to share with you is about relationships and your social life. And This is usually relationships outside of your family, but you can actually make this value be anything you want. I have two examples to share for this one. So here's the first one. And here's the scenario. Have you ever attended a social event you really are not interested in to please a friend, even if you're feeling tired, or even if you have a lot going on, or even if you just don't want to? I have caught myself doing this so many times in my life. And I've come to learn There are seasons of your life where social events take a higher priority, but in the season that I'm in right now with all four kids at home and I'm working and trying to juggle all the different things, it really caused me to take a good hard look at why I was going to certain events. Our church puts on these cute little social events for all the ladies at our church, maybe once a month. And while I love to see these ladies and why I love to spend time with them, they are ladies that I love. I have to take a good hard look at why I am going. Is it because I feel I have to, or is it because I really want to? And if my kids need me that night, do I prioritize them? If I'm tired, do I prioritize me? Like, am I going because I don't want to hurt the person who planned it? Even if I deep down, I'm dreading it a little bit. Like, I really have to ask myself these questions. Why am I going? And what is it that I really value? And after just kind of thinking about what it is that's important to me, I decided I really want to go to things that I am genuinely excited about. I want to show up as my true self, not as somebody who went just because they felt obligated to. And this could work for family events as well. It could work for anything. But what I valued was doing things that I was genuinely, truly excited for. And so what changed? I started being more selective about the social engagements that I went to. And what I prioritized was quality time with friends who share similar interests and values. And then I also prioritized saying no to events that don't really align with who I am and what I love. In the company that I own with my sisters, we have a really large social media following. And so we get invited to a lot of different random things. And at first, I felt so obligated to go to every single event because I wanted to put on a good face for the company and wanted to make people think that, oh, we support everybody and all the things they are doing, but it was wearing on me. I was trying so hard to show up for everybody else and to make them think that our company is so supportive, but it made me tired and it made me miss time with my family. And it made me miss time with things that were priority to me, like sleep and rest and eating dinner with my family. And it just wasn't a good thing. So now I'm crazy selective about what I go to because my time is so valuable and so is my energy. My next example for relationships and social life, this one is for social media. And I used to share everything about my kids and their milestones and happenings going on in my life on social media. And I remember I had posted a picture of where my family was moving. I didn't share an address. I just took a picture of the lot and you could kind of see like the background behind it. And this was almost nine years ago. I haven't moved in a really long time, but I remember I had just posted that picture a day or two earlier, and then I was grocery shopping. And this woman came up to me at the grocery store and just started talking to me about where I was moving to. And I did not know this woman at all. I had no idea who she was. I had never met her before, but she knew all these things going on about me. She knew exactly where I was moving to because of the background. And she was so excited for me and my family because it was kind of close to her. And it was creepy to me. And I just remember thinking, I know nothing about this woman. And she knows so much about me. And I had some other experiences on social media that kind of made me pause and realize that I was working so hard on building my social media presence that I was missing real life relationships in my everyday life. And so if you were to follow me today on social media, you would see I don't actually post anything, maybe an updated family picture every two or three years. The only people who really know about me and my family and what is going on in my life is my inner circle of family and friends, the people that I have real life connections with. And I share stuff on this podcast too that a lot of people don't know about. But other than that, it's just my inner circle of people. And I realized that what it is that I value is really close, authentic relationships. And social media was taking that from me. So I changed how I connected with people. I went from going to social media all the time to share all the things to not using it. And it changed everything because it feels so true to me and what I value. And I know it doesn't look this way for everybody. I know that social media has worked the opposite for some people, that it's given them the relationships that they're seeking for. And that's the whole purpose of this podcast is to help you realize and see what it is that you value. Because you have to figure out what it is that's important to you and be true to that. Okay, the last example that I want to share with you of value is the value of like inner peace and spirituality. And so here's the situation. Over the past few years, and I've shared this before, I've been trying to find ways to connect with God in a way that makes sense to me, in ways that work for me. I have always heard that I should be reading my scriptures every day and studying the word every day. But there have been seasons in my life where that is really hard. And I know that as moms, you guys can relate to this. I would put a lot of stress on myself to do it perfectly. I felt like if I'm going to be a scripture reader, I've got to sit down and study and have my colored pencils out and my journaling pens out. And it just would be this beautiful, peaceful time. And then when it didn't happen like that, because I had a newborn baby and I have toddlers and I was trying to work and I was trying to juggle all the things. When it didn't happen, I would have a lot of shame. And so I'm so happy to say that I'm now in this place where I have found a way that works for me. And what I do is I just read one verse of scripture every single day and I dissect the words and I just keep it close to my heart all day long. And I look up other scriptures that relate to it and I journal what that verse means to me. And I do this just a few minutes every day. It's quick, but it's meaningful to me. And I'm going at a snail's pace through the scriptures. Like I'm not going to finish any book of scripture anytime soon because of how slow I'm going, but I love it because this is what works for me. And so I remember I was sitting at church one day, not long ago, and someone from my church challenged all the members of the congregation to read a certain amount of scriptures every day by the end of the year, which was like two months away. It meant basically binging the scriptures and trying to get through it as fast as you could. And so I felt like I had to make a decision as to what I was going to do. Now, Old Mill would usually be a team player and do it just because that's what everybody else is doing and she doesn't back down from a challenge. And sometimes reading scriptures like that, like flying through it and bitching it all day long and doing it with this timeline, or you could just be taking on any spiritual practice that anybody else is doing. It's great. And it might be exactly what you need at that time. But for me at this time, I had finally found a way that made my scripture study work for me. And that is what I valued. It didn't need to look the same as everyone else. It didn't matter that everyone else in my church congregation was doing this challenge. The thing that mattered to me was that I was doing it. I was still showing up every day and reading scriptures and doing it consistently. What it was that I valued was that connection with God. And I valued doing it in a way that felt good to me, not just doing what other people were doing or other people were telling me to do. And so, what changed? I honestly took the matter up with God, and I let Him know that I felt that doing this Scripture Sprint challenge was just not the best thing for me at this time. That I had found a cadence that I was loving, and I felt more connected to Him than I ever had. So, instead of giving that up and going with the flow. I chose to keep doing what I was doing. And I remember at church each week, people would check in with each other and share how this fast-paced challenge was going for them. And you know what? Some people were having amazing experiences with it. And I was truly happy for them that they had found something that worked for them. I was so happy for myself and proud of myself for doing what felt right for me at this time. It just opened my eyes to how good it can feel when you figure out what it is you really value and then you make your decisions based on those values. I know that we have covered a lot today and that's why I broke up these people-pleasing episodes into a couple different episodes because there's so much here. But I hope that your takeaway for today is all about realizing one of the first steps to stop the people-pleasing is that it starts with you. You are the first step. And you deciding what it is that you really value and what's important to you. And the hardest work is implementing it, making your decisions match your values. But I promise you, this work is worth it. Our next episode is going to be all about how to say no. Something that so many people pleasers struggle with and something that I have been working on for years. So I hope you'll join me because I've got some tips that have helped me so much. And hopefully we will help you. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Moms on the Rise podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Mommy Tummy Fix program. If you are interested in learning more about how to take care of your body from a place of love, head over to the themommytummyfix.com and join our community of over 10,000 women who are finding ways to live a complete and healthy life one small choice at a time. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review, a rating, and follow along so that you don't miss a single conversation. Keep on rising.